Genius.net. We post uh, new pages of the story, and we're always adding new stuff. That's tomorrow if you haven't been paying attention. Tonight, nine o'clock. Nine tonight, yes. Because although we say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it really sort of starts the night on Eastern time. That's true. And also we're in the dealer's room. Yes. Not currently, but and now, Death Wish Debris, part one. It is a world ruled by mad science, ruled with an iron fist, and yet, even the most devout practitioners of mad science have always known that there are some things that simply go beyond the pale. Methods of opening up transdimensional portals to non-Euclidean planes inhabited by ancient, insane quasi-deities determined to eradicate all of mankind. Devices that can rip the very soul from a human being, trap it, and force it to power unholy machinery until it dissipates, screaming. Esoteric mathematical formulas that convince otherwise sane people that they can win at blackjack. Yes, the world is full of things that man was not meant to know. <laughs> Fortunately for us, these are the adventures of Agatha Heterodyne. Genius! In our last episode, Agatha Heterodyne. Science! And her companion, Tita, the lost warrior princess of the lost city of Scaphander. Hey! And Cross the First, Emperor of All Cats. Found themselves trapped by the dreaded slavers of the Organdy Empire. Nah, we're evil. You want to live with it. Along with their inevitable companion, Othar Trigvasen. Whom they recently rescued from the deadly murder and pits of Prince Olenovin. I prefer the phrase, aided in my daring escape. Before causing the Empire's evil city of Wafloon to fall into the raging volcano. And we still want to know where that came from. Who cares? You're evil and dead. Oh, right. Now, our viewers are experiencing a rare moment of relative calm at the seaside home of an old dear friend they've just met, Wilhelmina von Trapplein, the noted novelist. I'm not calm at all. You broke down my door. For us, that's pretty calm. So you're the writer of the Agatha Heterodyne novels. Oh, uh, why, yes, sir. You fans? Of a sort. I'm Agatha Heterodyne. Ah! How did you find me? I mean, you were lovely to meet you. All I had to do was ask the publisher. And he told you? Eventually. <laughs> he did have to stitch on your lips, of course. <laughs> well, fair is fair. His new body didn't really come with them, now, did they? Oh, I remember when I had to talk to the publisher of the Trick Boston books about the silly little things like fact-checking, royalty payments, and the amount of pain that a human body could experience and still write a check. It's a funny story, really. And this steam-powered pencil shop now, and I... Stop! That's not funny, that's ghastly! Well, I guess you did have to do that. And if this is about royalties, then you've come to the wrong place. Like most writers, I earn them. Well, pardon me, madame, but will madame want the guests served poolside or in the main solarium? I've never seen this man before in my life. No, you want to go back and torture my, my editor some more. I'm sure we'll do whatever so much good. No, actually, I want to talk to you. I particularly want to discuss the latest book in the series, Agatha Heterodyne and the Steam-Powered Stud Finder. Oh, yes! I saw that one on the stands! Didn't pick it up, afraid. I'm not really into carpentry, you know? Oh, it's, uh, very popular. I'll bet. The scene with Count von Stallion and the Vegas there was very educational. <laughs> oh, are you an oceanographer? No, hedonist. <laughs> well, perhaps the last one was a bit uh, 
saucy. And then there was the previous book, Agatha Hebridine and the Little Engine That Shouldn't. Oh, you saw that one. Eventually, my colleague, Professor Zipthrax, was burning it in front of the library at Transylvania Polynesian University. I was particularly taken aback by a version of my run-in with Dr. Quasimodo de Pisa and his tower-straightening engine. No, that actually happened. Not like that, I didn't! Oh, Lady Hebridine, I am so sorry. I apologize the most sincerely if I had known that you were such a really straight-laced brutish young lady. I would never have betrayed you. Good. Then what? No, no. I understand that there are those intellectual young ladies who, fearful of the passionate world outside the laboratory, choose not to play with the fires of romance, and that there are those even sadder who are never even given the chance. You know, I would never presume to guess which situation applies to you. How dare you, my boy? I'm going to construct a forge so I can cast some tools, so I can build a plank that will give you such a smack. Oh, now I've got it. Thank you. I am not like that. Am I? Oh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I cannot imagine you any other way. Well, now that I know, of course, I shall reinterpret the character. From now on, Agatha Hetrodine shall be a serious intellectual character. Oblivious to the raw charms of the dashing adventurers who surround her, cold, humorous, devoid of feeling, tragically incapable of knowing love. Why, that's wonderful! Who wouldn't want to read stories about a fine, wholesome young girl who sees life as nothing but an intellectual puzzle? I think I have to sit down. It's going to kill sales. Nonsense! We'll play it for laughs. Besides, she does have a queen of hearts for sidekick. Hey! Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I am not psychic. I'm more of a mentor. Not really. How's that working out? I'll hold this early. How long do you know I have kissed a boy? You have? More than once. Same one? Yes. I can't say I remember that. Perhaps I was asleep. It wasn't you, fool. And I shall very probably do it again. So what do you think of that? I think this book is going to write itself. Really? Yeah. Don't forget the chapter where the slightly shy, but perfectly normal heroine is so by kissing someone, but she accidentally builds a giant mechanical walrus that carries you out to sea in a bucket. When did that happen? Mighty soon. <laughs> Perhaps it is time to lay down my pen, pursue other opportunities, see greener pastures. These death threats have become so tiresome. You've had others. Big surprise. Oh, I'm afraid so. I do write other adventure series, you know. For instance, these letters which I receive in response to my new series about Captain Deathwish Dupree. Deathwish Dupree? The air pirate? You've heard of him? I most certainly have. He's a menace to air traffic all over the Empire. But as anyone will tell you, I'm no fan of Baron Wolfenbach. But I applaud and fully support his efforts to track down Captain Dupree and blow him from the skies. He's a villainous, cold-hearted rogue of the worst sort. You're writing a series about him? I admit it. I was bored writing about heroes all the time. They're always so damn noble and uplifting. Noble and uplifting? You had me kissing half the villainous scientists in Europa. Well, yes, there has to be something interesting enough to keep the readers around for the sanctimonious moral these books. Anyway, I want to do something different, something naughty. I wanted to write about a bad boy and make the readers love him. But he's a real person who does really bad things. So? I write about real people all the time. What they actually do isn't that important in the long run. What people remember them doing is what I write about them doing. 
That is my art. So, uh, you have him done. Well, here's a copy of the first book, Deathfish Decree and the Sorceress of Mountain Mountain. Wow! He's kind of sure about my third sentence. I'm afraid there's always a bit of tedious, expi tedious expi exposition you have to plow through at the beginning of the book. I'll take three copies. Ah, that'll be 15 as long as three books. So, wait a minute. You're writing this book glorifying this low-life pirate, and he's complaining about it? Yes. I thought it was a bit strange. He claimed that I was, how did he put it, that I was portraying him as a dandified weak fish of a man, an embarrassment to his sex and his profession. Chapter 2. Having slaughtered a company of mutant werewolves single-handedly, Captain Dupree saves a pair of twins from a deadly afternoon of ennui. Excuse me, pair of twins. Isn't that redundant? Keep reading. <laughs> and he's complaining about this? Uh, I have noticed that actual smarts are not really necessary in the pirate business. Uh, that was one of the reasons I found it attractive, I suppose. When one gets tired of typing all those big words. Yes, I find a simple standing fast works well in any number of situations. Good heavens! He swung through the window! Well done! <laughs> gorgeous! <laughs> He's okay. He doesn't look that smart. What were we just saying about you? <gasps> yes, she really is clueless, isn't she? He's the dream! That I am! Know you wretched ground squids that you face deathless debris, scourge of the airways, and dirty fighter par excellence. Which means that you are not facing my dastardly pirate crew, which is stuck into the back door and now has you surrounded. Ah! Oh, really well done. <laughs> so, this be the abode of that scurvy pejorative authoress, Wilmina von Trapp. Hey, that house next door is on fire. Yes, 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 and this time I'm asking first, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Miss Von Trapp, you must flee whilst you can. A glorious nay, celestial talent like yours be, must be saved at all costs. Are you talking to me? Oh, yes, Miss Von Trapp, uh, do not worry about us. Think of your poor readers, your loyal fans. If anything happened to you, why the literary world would be plunged into mourning for ever so long. Think of the tragedy, Miss Von Trapp. Ha ha! Grab her, me buckos! Now hold on! But, but you got, you got... Stand back, stand back, I say! Try anything and I'll cut her down as easily as I cut down this rather tackly dressed housemaid! Oh, now this is ironic, except it isn't really not the literal sense of the word. It's more of an unfortunate coincidence, or perhaps poetic justice. Ah! <laughs> what are you going to do to her, you miserable cow? Do to her? Well, I'm going to show her what being the captive of a pirate is really all about. Arr! If she's going to write trash about my adventures, she ought to do her research. And what does that entail? Well, actually, we're rather flexible about that. Pirate Captive Package A involves swabbing the desk, desk with the deck with a toothbrush in the rain, peeling potatoes, cleaning fish, scraping cloud barnacles off the hull, and generally being tortured to the crew's amusement while we until we feed you to the flying monkeys. <laughs> now that's usually reserved for male captives and bill rats like your maid dying on the floor there. Insult to injury, no less. Then there's Pirate Captain Package B. That's where the crew threatens you a bit, but I rescue you and then make you be captain.
captive of love. You'll learn all you need to know about being a rough and tumble, licentious buccaneer until eventually we have a big fight, you get your own airship, and begin a new career as a lusty pirate queen. That sounds like it would be a lot more popular. Oh, I, well, yeah, Captive Pirate Plan A is a bit of a marketing disaster, frankly, but we, we keep it in the brochure because the crew likes it. <laughs> of course, Pirate Captive Plan B is only available for dashing young ladies, so it all works out. What? Rather sexist, isn't it? Oh, oh, is it? Well, I'd be a bit more worried about that if we weren't a bloodthirsty band of pirates! <laughs> This is what he does for fun, you fool! Except when we can take aboard a naive, fanciful young thing like your author here and teach her how to be a wanton thing of shameless evil like ourselves. Arr! Be warned, you villains! You'll not find your captors as susceptible creature you think it'd be. This is a girl of sterling character, innocent, pure, and quite adorably to course. Yeah, you might as well give up, pirate boy. Other people have tried to entice her into any number of spicy adventures, but she's always too busy building a gizmo that washes her hair. You have to understand, Agatha doesn't have time for messy human emotions. She's built a machine that does that for her. <laughs> she's sure to look on with contempt upon the sort of depraved, exciting, adventurous life you want lead. It's true. Now, if you take her to the library, you might get somewhere. Yes! Life like the library. Yes! And at the end of it all, when she's old and alone, she'll be able to look back on a long, meticulously alphabetized list of books well read. Right! Let's go! What? You all think I'm so ignorant? Well, I can take care of myself, no matter how much kissing I have to do. <laughs> kissing? Not that it'll get to that point, you dastard. Ah! Well, do you hear that, me laddos? We might have to do without the kissing. Arr. At least they took it well. Wait! Stop! I am really Wilhelmina von Trapta. She is but an innocent. Do! Take me instead. Oh, please, take me instead. I thought you were mortally wounded. Oh, has healed my wounds. Alas, I'm apparently still necessary to plot. Ah, well, there be the unfamiliar ring of truth, dear words. I would hate to let the real Wilhelmina escape the evil clutches. Oh, no fear of that. On the other hand, this lad here is, last here is crying Captain Pirate Clan material, uh, Pirate Captain Clan B material. Where are the hearties? We'll take them both. Ah! The first girl will go under Plan B, and you'll go under Pirate Captain Plan A. What? sword and flag and everything? Will Captain Dupree manage to get in some kissing? Will Wilhelmina ever get over the feeling of guilt for having set Agatha up? Will Wilhelmina ever get the feeling of guilt in the first place? The answer to these and other exciting questions will be found in the next episode of Agatha Hatterdine. Yeah.